The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, their respective managements or employees. <laughs> Live from I don't know where. <laughs> it's the Geek Show. Let's just start the theme and then we'll explain uh, what, okay. what happened. Go ahead. Okay, not broadcasting from Broovies today. Um, mm, Broovies, clocks are hard. Clocks are hard. Uh, Broovies uh, did not open for us, so uh, Tony and I stood in the parking lot of Broovies, watching the eclipse, listening to Pink Floyd. Yeah, we had a moment. And uh, <laughs> it was really kind of strange when I was standing there watching the eclipse, listening to the song Eclipse by Pink Floyd, and crows appeared out of nowhere and started cawing at me. Magic. Oh, it was magic. It was a moment. It was oh, a magic so moment. Sad. I didn't leave ten minutes earlier to not but, go to Brewies. But uh, yeah, there you go. So yeah, they uh, didn't open, and so we'll uh, we'll re-examine that whole thing later. Yeah. You already know <laughs> my vote. Okay. So uh, so uh, Rebecca's in her place, and Lee's in his place, and I'm in my place. And Tony is across the table from me. Uh, but we now think. he's gone. We, what? He's, he's not there now. Um, <laughs> Tony. So, we're, it, it, it was definitely because, you know, we're packing up gear and putting it back together and everything. We wanted to start as close to start time as possible. And, and so so here we are. Uh, yeah, they were Frank Christ Crows, Brett. Brett. They, they were. were. They were exactly you got, those. You got two boys in the basement. Yep. Hi, Tony. Now mute, mute yourself, Tony. And, I, and we'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> See, this this will work. See, this will work. See, Got there it. we go. Ta da! It's got to go to space okay. and back. Just like, it, oh, give, man. It, give it some what, time. What a morning. Yeah, I, I went to space <laughs> last week. <laughs> uh, anyway, and uh, maybe even Jay will join us. He uh, usually can't because he's out of state, but maybe he will. Oh, I maybe. texted him. I texted oh. him earlier. So keep oh. an eye. Keep an eye on the room there, and maybe he'll show up. Tony is. Right across the street. Right, hi. right across. Hi, from Carrie. Me. <laughs> hi, hi, Tony. How you doing? What's it like doing the show live there, Carrie? It's just, it's strange. Yeah. It's strange yeah. to have someone here with me, like yeah. physically. I have to wear pants. It's weird. <laughs> oh, you were oh. gonna have to wear pants today anyway. <laughs> you don't I have appreciate. to wear pants. I, uh, oh, well, thanks, Carrie. <laughs> while we're doing our, we're doing our levels. I realized my suspenders were showing, and I was like, mm -hmm. mm, I don't know if we're ready for country time theater yet. So. <laughs> I got the mustache for it. Yeah. Did you start wearing suspenders uh, now that you're back from North Carolina? No, I've had them for about a year, and I, I, I don't like them. It's the inevitability, uh, the creeping on uh, onset of age, where belts just stop being a thing that work. Mm. So suspenders had to start becoming a thing. What, um, do, like, physics change as you get older? Uh, you know, no, it's 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 actually the size of my uh, pendulous belly. Oh, okay. like if I Angelus. if I lie on my back, the sun and my belly can work together to help you tell the time. <laughs> so uh, now, now I just wear suspenders. There was a time in my life where I would have just said, "I'm going to work out. I'm going to diet. I'm going to do healthy things." Now I'm 54. I just kind of look and go. Eh. <laughs> I'm just glad to know that you're on leakade time. That's that's all I yeah. care about. Yeah. That's, Leakhead yeah. time. All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll re-examine the Saturday matinee and Brewies and all that. I I don't predict a return, but 
it, who knows? I'm not going back. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get on with news. And I hope you saw we got another trailer for Monarch Policy of the Monsters. This is the uh, uh, TV show, the Godzillas, with the Kurt Russell and his kid. Oh, yeah. And we longer cat at this time, and it looks like uh, monsters. Not just Godzilla, not just Kong, but more monsters. And according to... But uh, it's it's pretty clear that the Russell boys are not the sole focus on the sh- of the show. Uh, Anna Sawe's character looks like she's going to be the conduit for us, the audience. Mm. And uh, so it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. January 12th is when that starts up. All right. Let's see. Lee, I hope you saw this trailer. Because I was thinking of you when I saw this trailer for Blue Eye Samurai. I know you've been tra- you've been traveling, but I saw the first trailer and I was reading about the second trailer when there was an accident on my trip. So ah. uh, I've not seen it, but I was told by multiple people that this was made for me. It absolutely is made for you. It okay. looks great. It it's a it looks like a great story. Uh, the voice cast is incredible. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's Blue Eye Samurai. It's going to be on Netflix starting November 3rd. So very, very soon. And it's, um, it's written by, uh, Michael Green and Amber Nazumi. And, uh, Nazumi, who is half Japanese, um, she had her own feelings about her daughter when daughter was born and the initial excitement about how she racially presented. She, she says, why am I so excited that my daughter has blue eyes? What's the big deal about that? Why am I so excited that I have a baby who looks more white? And then she recalls back in the Edo period, starting in the 17th century Japan, it would have been illegal to be white. Nobody would have wanted to look like that. Oh, and wow. so that's sort of the impetus for Blue Eye Samurai. It takes place in the 17th century. And uh, the story is, is Mizu, who is a mixed-race samurai commonly described by others as a blue-eyed monster who Mm -hmm. calls herself a creature of shame, uh, living a life in disguise, and she seeks to kill uh, four men. One may be her father uh, in a place where, under the law, revenge is a luxury for men and women must be practical. But Mizu has no patience or time for men. (laughs) Friendship, love, or weakness. Is how the way the, the way they describe this uh, whole show, uh, but the animation just looks amazing. It looks like a real cool story. It's uh, it's violent as hell. It looks like you've got a lot of great voice actors here: George Takei, Randall Park, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Ming Na. They're all there. So nice. it, it, it's just going to be a, it's it, a great looking show. Uh, Nazumi and Green. Uh, uh, Writer on uh, Logan and Blade Runner 2049. They have co-created the show. They're, cool. it, it's, it looks great. It just looks great. And I immediately thought of Lee when I saw it. And I immediately thought of Rebecca when I saw this. Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah, boy! <laughs> Lisa Frankenstein focus features horror comedy from Diablo Cody. Uh, is going to be in theaters February 9th. The film... <laughs> is about a misunderstood teenager and her high school crush, uh, helmed by Zelda Williams in her feature directorial debut. Uh, the first look, which was released by Focus Features, Lisa Frankenstein, stars Catherine Newton, Cole Sprouse, and a whole bunch of other people. 
sees a corpse seemingly wakened from a tanning bed by a young woman. <laughs> what? Yeah. Horror romance, unpopular high school student falling for uh, a young man who just happens to be a handsome Victorian corpse. That's the Cole Sprouse character. Yeah, that's <laughs> Naturally, yeah. Uh, after horrific circumstances bring him back to life, the two lovers embark on a murderous journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts along the way. Uh, Lisa, it has, it has huh? some, so like I saw like the, uh, um, the little preview thing and it, uh, is giving like warm bodies vibes if you saw warm bodies yes okay mm -hmm. i liked that movie yeah that was that was a feeling i got too when i was watching it uh anyway so lisa frankenstein in february uh how many of you uh watched loki episode two is that out yeah yeah season two <laughs> <laughs> we're doing we're doing a rewatch of the first season you uh, know you that's gotta, a good idea you gotta, honestly. i forgot how good that is that first season is well good. the second season is good too but you know excellent i feel left out because i forgot a lot of stuff from season one well and i think this second episode made some choices because the first episode of this new season started out at a 10 and this next episode um doesn't really do much to set the stage for like how much time has passed after the first episode <laughs> so i was like are we in a are we in a different branch because like the it feel it felt like a different story almost we may be in a different branch i honestly it's 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 confusing but fascinating to me yeah, at the well, same time mm -hmm. and that's like the whole thing it could be any timeline yeah. you know any branch yeah so. so i just i just assume they know what they're doing but i mean after the whole uh, revelation about marvel tv that came out well, like last week yeah. on, <laughs> and we got we got that know. coming up we got that coming up uh there loki uh, season two premiere did very well nice with the numbers apparently uh i know you like to have views uh 10.9 <laughs> million views worldwide over its first three days plus a few hours uh and uh that's uh, defined by the increasingly industry standard formula of total viewing time divided by run time that's mm. the that's the new me metric uh i guess that makes sense i guess you that that's you count one viewing as the length of the thing so mm -hmm. Uh, Loki's three-day total compares well to that of Star Wars series Ahsoka, which debuted August 14, uh, you know, August to 14 million views per Disney. So uh, it's it's doing well, and Loki is one of their highest-rated Marvel series. Yeah, for good reason. Which we yeah, will... it's it's yeah. one of the better, more well put together shows. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, uh, I don't like gods on my superhero shows. Get out of here, Lee. <laughs> but like, here's the thing: Loki in episode two gets to do more Loki stuff, and I didn't uh -huh. realize like how much we needed that because I felt like we didn't get a whole lot of that mm -hmm. in the first season. But this second episode, you're like, oh, Loki doing Loki stuff. Yeah, very cause, cool. Because he's been happy go lucky Loki uh, yeah. for a while, but now you know something happens in this episode that he needs to be the bad guy. Oh, I'm excited. Duh. Oh, did you know right. Carrie knows Billie Eilish? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we're going to talk more about the Marvel TV series coming up, but we did get some casting. Uh, Ironheart, which is a series that they pushed back again, you know. Um, 
but a, a new listing at the at the United States Copyright Office. <laughs> this is how this is geeks are everywhere and they're looking yeah. at stuff. Uh, it confirms that Sasha Baron Cohen will appear in Ironheart as Mystery Man. It does not. Oh, it, I thought that the, was the character. The for character's minute, yeah. name is Mystery Man. Oh, it is. Or wow. he is a mystery that, man. That's Sasha what I Baron Cohen was cat. Like we knew he was going to be part of this already, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. But but we've been speculating that it's Mephisto. Yeah. Oh, he would make good such Mephisto. a good Mephisto. But I don't know a mystery man in Marvel. I can't think of history, one. and I looked, couldn't find one. We do know that Aldrin Einreich will play a character named McGillicuddy. Which I didn't bother looking up because I was so busy looking for Mystery Man. What's that person's <laughs> name? Ald Alden. Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. That's Han a Star Solo. Wars name. Han Solo. Well, he was in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I wish they'd kind of like uh, redo her intro because she was so shoehorned into the second Black Panther movie that yeah, just kind of like wow, cool guys. Well, maybe this uh, maybe this series will go back a bit and. Maybe. retrace those steps oh. you know like, great I, character right so oh the comic book is terrific you know yeah. why why introduce mephisto in an Ironheart series why not like in that agatha coven of chaos or whatever it's called now well you think about like what's the one thing that can take down superman is si a rock magic or a rock but magic magic is something he's absolutely has no immunity to yeah mm -hmm. so taking magic versus technology is something they haven't done in the marvel universe yet where you know what what's iron man what's iron heart what's uh what's somebody in power armor going to do against a the sorcerer or a god right exactly yeah yep. all right so i just had to, I had to throw that at you um, if you were wondering where the Spiderwick Chronicles was going to land after Disney Plus said, no, thank you. I was. Oh, you were? No. Were, you, were you the one? Okay. <laughs> uh, it's uh, The good news is it has been picked up. The bad news is it's the Roku channel. So, <laughs> What's so bad? The Roku channel brought us such great hits like the Weird Al Yankovic biography movie. That was a good movie. But, but I was able to watch. Else. <laughs> but I was going to say I was able to watch the Weird Al Yankovic movie. Not on the Roku channel. Everything else I have to go to the Roku channel to watch, like Toast of Tinseltown, which is on the Roku channel right now. I tried all my other ways, and I couldn't. Huh. I have Roku on our TV upstairs in the gym. Uh -huh. We tried to get it to talk to the other TVs, but it would not. So, so what well, I'm hearing is you can only watch those shows if you're working out. Yeah, oh. which means I'm not. I'm not going to watch. Have you tried going down the hall to the parlor or perhaps the bowling alley? Oh, I could try that. Okay. okay. Bowling's Wait, a, the bowling alley. You've been hiding it from me. Bowling's a workout. It's that way. Oh, okay. It's the it's the ten pin bowling. Yeah. He's so I, he's so fond of. Exactly. I'm old fashioned that way. Ah, uh, let's see. Invincible season two. Yeah. November third. It's on its way. Excellent. And uh, the first trailer. Uh, not for kids. Not for kids. No, it's a cartoon. Not for kids. Yep. Uh, it was it was a lot, but uh, we found out that uh, uh, Tatiana Ma Maslany. I'm trying to remember to say her name right. Maslany. Maslany is two characters, voicing two characters in it. Cool. How she'll never be able to play two characters on the same show. I know. She right? never. Do various voices. <laughs> 
Uh, but we got uh, Tim Robinson, Callista Flockhart, Chloe Bennett, Rhea Seahorn, David Diggs, a uh, lot of great uh, people. But uh, Tatiana, uh, cur our current She-Hulk, is uh, bringing her, it says here, superhero credentials to the Prime Video Animated Series. Uh, her voice as Queen Lizard in the Ruby Red Invincible spinoff. She's going to be there. She will also play two other, oh she's playing three characters uh general telia and queen aquaria what is she some kind of clone i mean, <laughs> I mean general huh maybe if like she could prove to us that she's capable of playing more than one character i believe <laughs> yeah. it maybe yeah, general general telia described as a decorated general for the coalition of planets with a zero tolerance policy for viltrumite aggression mm -hmm. she likes to keep her private life private for now mm. queen aquaria is the sole mo monarch of the atlanteans and their undersea kingdom after her husband aquarius was murdered by Omniman. Oh, a beloved leader who rules with an iron fin. She oh. <laughs> she seeks <laughs> she seeks retribution for her husband's death through unconventional means. So her husband was the uh, fish guy in the Guardians of the Globe. That's right. That he killed. He did in kill. like the first or second episode. So season two, the wife comes. Yep. Oh, okay. I like and it. I tried to watch that show, and it was really good, but it got to a point where it was too bloody for me. What? Really? He's he's a gentle little lamb, our Lee. Even in mean, a like, cartoon. Well, that was the thing is it was just it was just so much, and like and I even saw scenes where where his dad was like pushing invincible through people in a train and they were just exploding and i was yeah just like, it, was, it was too much for me so and <laughs> and i made it through the boys it was, was worse say, it was more that's, extreme than the boys yeah that's uh, uh but cartoon <laughs> i don't know see I, i've read all the comics and yeah. the top three of comics for me of all time mm -hmm. so i was totally expecting the gore the extreme violence and the blood <laughs> you're looking forward to it actually i was yes all right um how about michael myers the tv show what do you think uh, huh here's no? the thing Only. here's the thing the second the second of the new halloween movies where they just said evil dies tonight like a thousand times um i don't know that i can handle a whole like show of that. <laughs> well miramax has scored the tv rights to the halloween franchise and they're looking at developing not just a tv show but a whole full universe that expands into film as well so they're going to bring michael myers to tv and then to film uh oh you guys are talking about halloween halloween i was thinking like a you're new you're thinking about austin movie. powers <laughs> powers <laughs> oh okay I, uh okay. yeah uh dead <laughs> the love guru he did he did a love guru <laughs> reference you have to give tony some points for that no. uh, deadline broke the news of the deal apparently it was made after a a big heated bidding war between multiple companies and miramax which already held the film rights they ultimately won and uh now they're collaborating with overall rights holders trancus international films they want to make a halloween tv show which would be part of the franchise going bigger than ever uh, Universal Pictures, in association with Blumhouse, they released those three that uh, Rebecca was talking about. Miramax was part of that as holders of the film rights. So now with the TV rights as well, they can go 
as the article says here, for the full Marvel. Hmm. Adding, I don't need with- the full Marvel with Michael Myers, honestly. <laughs> but that's just me. I wonder if they got a discount for bundling. Maybe. <laughs> TV and movie. Like it's cable, yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> hey, they went like the Gilmore Girls route with him, and he, he just like opened an inn with his best friend, and, and they had talks, and they talked about their difficult relationships and sometimes Michael Myers would be like, Oh, that's really hard raising a kid without a single to be in a single dad. They open a bed and breakfast. Yeah. This is Jason and this is my other brother yeah, Jason. Yeah. yeah, and Carol Kane can do the opening song. It'll be great. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. All right. Carol Kane, um, sorry. Carol Kane's a whole other person. This is <laughs> I know who you meant though. Um this is the part of the show where I apologize to Star Trek fans. What? Why? Because we go. I said that this silly thing that they did wouldn't work. I did too. We, I think we all yeah. laughed at them. So I think maybe we all, not just me. I'll lead the charge, but okay. Star Trek Prodigy is going to Netflix. Carrie, I can't believe it. Listen, I cannot believe you of all people said this wouldn't work. How was Star Trek saved in the first place? It wasn't with a, a plane f- a dragging a sign. campaign, okay? You doubt well, Star Trek fans? But see, that was then and this is now. And, and so I... <laughs> but if you look at the internet, it appears that all the fans hate everything new in Star Trek unless it's Strange New Worlds. Exactly. So, what what part of the internet are you on? The one that whines and complains about everything always. The part mm-hmm. that I'm on loves everything. Yeah, oh. they they like so the the people I see it's like oh if it's not strange new worlds they just don't care they hate discovery they they didn't like um, prodigy was too kid show and then when it was canceled all of a sudden they all loved it. But, wow, hmm. I'm hearing a lot of lower decks erasure in this conversation. Oh yeah, I forget about lower <laughs> decks because it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Well, they, Netflix has said, we'll take the first season and go ahead and finish up that second season and we'll take that when you're done because it was halfway done yeah. when they canceled. And, you know, this is after the GoFundMe campaign that resulted in a plane flying over the offices of Netflix in August. And, and I laughed at you guys for doing that. And, well, I'm sorry. Mm, who you yeah, laughing should be, now, You Carrie. should be sorry. <laughs> the Prodigy fans... Made it happen, I guess. Maybe That's their great. little plane stunt worked. I their but, silly little letter writing campaign to save Star <laughs> Trek the original series worked somehow. But see, Rebecca, that was back in the day when you could take a bag of mail and pour it on an exec's desk and say, "All of these letters are from Santa Claus" or whatever it is. You, <laughs> uh, you know, can't pour a bag of email on an executive's desk. No, and all you, and and the executive would go, oh, "I bet half of those are fake anyway." All right. Uh, Now some news for Tony. Yes, finally. (laughs) You're going to love this, by the way. So there's a big interview with Dan Harmon in The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, I read it. Talking about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, the Rick and Morty movie is going to happen because Zack Snyder... I know. I was just going to let the you know that. The most insufferable group of people. I know. Coming <laughs> together. Wait, I like both of those things too, though. <laughs> what does that make me? So according to Harmon. Insufferable, Tony. According to I'll Dan Harmon, Zack Snyder 
summoned him to Warner Brothers to discuss doing a Rick and Morty film. Summoned. Oh, He's like, bring me come, Dan Harmon. Come to this stoop, perch upon a gargoyle and brood <laughs> while I talk at you. Now, here's how, here's how Dan Harmon put it. This is not him saying, I get to do it or anything like that. He's just totally a super, van, a super fan, and he said, is there any way I can help get the movie started by using my Snyderness? No. Could you, uh, could you uh, pull all the color and joy out of it? Could okay. use my Snyder. We can use his Snyderness by getting just a bunch of bots on Twitter to release the Morty cut or that's, some shit. Because that's what Zach did, yeah. So the Rick and Morty movie is coming as soon as Zack Snyder gets back from his vacation. Because I want to start a Snyder cut of that movie, and then I want to do a director's cut of a Snyder cut release, so we can have a six-hour Rick and Morty movie and three hours of it in black and white. Oh, uh, this yes, isn't real. He gets it. This cannot be real. He gets I, it. I am looking forward to Rebel Moon, though. <laughs> Rebel Sorry. Moon looks cool. It does look interesting. Doesn't I it? just, I'm really excited that someone's finally going to make a good Star Wars movie. Uh, here's Got the thing, him. though. We thought Boom. that um, that one movie that he did was gonna look cool too. That other Netflix thing that he what, did, the Guardians of Gahul or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, the, no, the, uh, what yeah, was it? The, the bank the zombies, heist one in Las zombie... Vegas when it's all. Zombies. I love that. The zo- I oh, it was a fun movie with uh, with uh, Drax. Yeah, yeah. Drax and Tignataro. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That um, I enjoyed it. I I loved it because. It, Afterwards, I watched the making of where they showed how they got rid of the asshole and put Tignataro in and all the scenes. That was fascinating, was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it was really amazing and cost a lot of money. And then Tig's like, yeah, I'll fly the helicopter. <laughs> uh, just point me in the right direction. Yeah, I'll do it, it, whatever I, it is. Hey, you got to hurry this up. I got to go fix a thing on a Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, and then I gotta, was great. And then I got to go do my podcast. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe this is good news for Rebecca. I don't know. Uh, Zack Snyder been ejected into space. Hey, there he oh, come on now. Hey, whoa. And now, Daredevil. Oh, okay. This, uh, I was equally sad and happy with this news. Because you guys know what a big Daredevil fan I am. I love that Netflix series. I rewatch it all the time. It's my go-to whenever I have you know, a half hour to kill or something, I'll, I'll, I'll rewatch it, you know, over and over. Um, because it is perfect. People ask me why I like it so much. And I said, it's like reading a daredevil comic book. It's, it's right there. You know, if you want to know what reading a daredevil comic book is like, it's all right there. So then they get the 18 episode order for daredevil born again. And during the writer's strike, Kevin Feige and a bunch of the people in Marvel sat down, watched the footage and said this isn't working and that led to an even deeper navel gaze Mm -hmm. in marvel tv about how we make shows Mm. and they realized that the mistakes that they've been making is they're not following a tv model they're making big movie long movies right and so they said you know maybe we should tv shows are this movies are this maybe we should so now they're separating feige will be in the film division i mean he'll he'll have some say but there will be a tv division and a film division and they're gonna hire showrunners what a concept i know right (laughs) they didn't have that before no 
because the showrunner sets the tone of the show. He, right. He's the one who, and he create. They they also haven't had show bibles, you know, the reference stuff. That that's insane to me. Isn't that crazy? Right. Especially yeah. after yeah. WandaVision, because that felt like a show that was show run and had, had a that, bible. Like was run by a showrunner, had a show bible. Like that. Mm -hmm. That was the only one of the only shows of the whole bunch of them that felt like they actually knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. True. Now, so true. and I and I read an article that said the first three episodes of this born again thing, Matt doesn't even put on the costume. Oh, Hulk syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's courtroom, courtroom, it's courtroom, courtroom drama show. No, That's what they no. were doing. You're right, Rebecca. No, no, you're absolutely right. That's what happened. You don't, I want to see Matt Murdock. I, I care more about Matt Murdock as a lawyer than I do about him as daredevil. I'm so sorry. You have to leave the show now. And I, <laughs> But see, I'm 50-50 on that. I, I care about both of them equally because it's my favorite. Anyway, uh, so they're going to save some of the footage. They're going to use some of it, mm. some of the plot points, possibly. But they're starting over. They're, they're, wow. They fired the directors. Well, not fired. They're going to be executive producers now. Oh. They're looking for new writers and a showrunner who's going to set the tone for the show. Mm. It just means that we're going to get a better Daredevil, but I have to wait. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, plus side, oh, if only my... if only they didn't keep postponing like Captain Marvel movies. If only is that still coming out. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. I, I think. I Lee, Lee, to... Let's I let's check. Coming... Let's check Lee George Cade time. Is it still coming out? Hey, <laughs> lay I'm down, Lee. Time. Um, I I'm just excited that the Marvels is finally coming out on Hulu in 2026. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now I got a couple of Disney stories. First, uh, the bad news, and second, the good news. All right. The bad news is uh, all the, you, you know, they talked, and I had this story for you a couple of weeks ago about how Disney says we're expanding our parks. We're going to do all this fabulous stuff with them. It's going to be amazing. We're going to get new rides, new attractions, new all this stuff. They're going to get bigger. We've got some land we're buying, all this. They didn't tell us that, oh, we're, we're going to wind up paying for it. Oh, well, the taxpayers? No, uh, us people who attend the parks, we're paying I for mean, it. Oh. That's how they're paying how else, for it. How yeah. else did you think it was going to get paid for? I thought, the they, had, I thought they had Disney dollars. They're reserved. They're not the LDS church. They don't just have, they don't just have billions of dollars in reserve. You and got me. Yeah, empty buildings here and there, you know. Anyway. Um, Disney World, the price of an annual pass is going to rise between forty and fifty dollars, depending on the pass. How much does it cost right well, now? Well, right now the Disney Incredi Pass, which is the best one you can get uh -huh. for Disney World, okay, thousand five hundred for a season. That's for a day. I think it's for like. I'm not sure what the Incredi Pass is. I won't lie to you. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, I'll look it up. Look I'll do it the up. Would you? For Thank you, you Rebecca. But that means you could go to Disney World every day if you wanted to, right? I... The Disney Incredi Pass is all four parks, no blackout dates. Oh, oh, so that's like you could live there. Okay, that's uh, actually a pretty good deal. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a thousand bucks. You go four times and you've paid for it already. Exactly. You, yeah. you throw in a once monthly buffet at Tortilla Joe's down the road in downtown Disney. I'd, I'd do it. 
Yeah, so admission to one or more Walt Disney World Resort theme parks during the year with an advanced reservation, no blackout dates, might make and hold up to five theme park reservations at a time on a rolling basis, uh, standard parking, uh, and discounts on dining, merchandise, and more. All right, so that's that's gone up. The parking is going up from $25 to $30. Uh, which which was fifty cents? That's which what you guys paid to park at Fanex. <laughs> that is what I paid to park at Fanex. Yeah, me what? too. Wow. Okay. Uh, Disney notes it's not raising prices at uh, Disney World's for its uh, date-based tickets, and that its lowest price ticket has remained one hundred and nine dollars the past five years. So don't hate us. <laughs> Come on, guys. You three of this bone. We're yeah. just throwing you a bone. <laughs> Meanwhile, Disneyland prices are rising for almost every ticket option. Daily and multi-day tickets will see price hikes between 4 and 15%. Uh, most price hikes in the 7 to 9% range. However, the least expensive ticket option will remain at $104. It's the same price as it has been since 2019, so don't hate us. Uh, the price of its Magic Key annual pass will rise between 3% and 21%, topping out with the Inspire Pass... At more than Disney World, a thousand six hundred forty-nine. What? That's clearly the better park. You don't have to go to Florida. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also going to be a price increase for parking in the Genie Plus add-on offering. Uh, company notes that uh, uh, it's bringing back the Park Hopper option to Disney World, which is something that's not been available for a while. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they're raising the prices. But the good news is, mm -hmm. and I want you to go online and find this video footage. Because you'll say to yourself, I'll pay all that money just to see. You have my attention. Just to see the BD droids. Oh, jeez. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> I did see this. Did they you see them? They're awesome. Go to Geek uh, Show. If you're on I Twitter, if you're on a Twitter, go to Geek Show Twitter because I retweeted. Every time somebody sent it to me, I retweeted it from geek show twitter i love i love them because in the video game they're f they're bd flies around like they're fast well, and they're little and they just hop yeah. around places these boys yeah. are huge and slow yeah they're they're about <laughs> as they're they're like a large ba ball you know so i mean they're about that size they're per they're bigger than you know because the ones in the video game are right on your shoulder but yeah. these are these are bigger they're if not they're still not huge though they're they, about knee they high lumber yeah. around now if <laughs> If droids drove mechs, this BD mech would be what BD drove if he drove a mech. <laughs> yeah. I got there. That's layers is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's three of them, and they're walking in a line, and they're semi-autonomous. Uh. They, they were, I know, Lee, I'm sorry. <laughs> they were training them. Yeah, great. Training. And they 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 would scan and they would stop so they wouldn't bump into things. I mean, so they're Roombas. The, and they, but they they cocked the their real heads. Room Roomba technology. How they much cock, are they? They cock their heads from side to side and they blink, and they How beep at much you. Is the BD <laughs> But you have to ask. Well, these aren't for sale. These aren't for yeah. sale. Oh, they these, just walk everything has a price, Carrie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm watching the video right now. I think, I think these are going to kill everybody at the park. You think that about all the robots? <laughs> He's I not mean, wrong. You can get a, you can get a, a BD at the Droid Depot. Yeah, I'm, but just but I'm not looking these. at these guys. I'm seeing Battlestar Galactica, 
it's this is how it starts. The Cylons. This is how <laughs> yep. it begins. They just why everybody's like, oh, these are cute, and then they laser you. They just I, I after reading about the price hikes and everything, and I thought, well, I'm not going back to Disneyland anytime soon. And then I saw the robots, and I went, you I need. I need to see them and hold them. I need them. What they remind me of, not so much in design, but in actually kind of in design. They remind me of the droids from Silent Running, Carrie. A little bit, don't they? Yeah. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, yeah? Yeah, the way they're just kind of walking around. By the way, uh, if you folks think that movies are just now woke, you need to go back and watch Silent Running from like 1974. <laughs> exactly. Is that woke? Oh, it's an old movie. Uh, yeah, it's more woke than anything we've made since. <laughs> like, it yeah. might as well be called Woken Running. Woke woke Running is what it is. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, and again, we've been talking about physical media and how you need to hang on to your physical oh. media. Is this the Best Buy news? This is the Best Buy news. Oh. They are ridding like themselves. <laughs> Thank you. Got him. There's that <laughs> microphone. It's Rebecca Frost doing a microphone drop. Uh, yeah, uh, Best Buy says they're ridding, ridding themselves of all DVDs. Now, they don't say Blu-rays. Wow. Oh. Okay, so I it's mean, not it, as bad. But it could just be a wording mishap. I yeah. went through the press release and it just said DVDs. I wonder, does that in, is that Blu-rays too? I bet it's not. I thought every article I saw said Blu-rays. They did? Oh. 10 points to Rebecca. Thank or, you. Well, well, I mean, so up. hold on. So I'm look looking at up. an article on Variety, an article, and their Because that's, that's where the story's from. Yeah. yeah, so their headline says DVD and Blu-ray sales, but then they've updated the article to say DVD business. So okay, may, maybe you are correct in that uh, uh, it, they will keep Blu-rays. I was going to quote Collider, but I know how we feel about yeah, we, that. <laughs> we've been bitten. <laughs> We've been bitten uh, before. Mike, Mike in chat says it's everything. Steelbooks, oh, 4K, no. all of it. Oh, hi, Mike. Yeah, It's all of it? It so, says they're still going to sell video games. So here's my question. Well, yeah. No, there's still Here, a big enough market for that. Here's hmm? my question. We're, we're really big on physical media. I, I get that. And because yes. of that, I've been buying more physical media. And then uh, the paranoid guy in the back of my head said, hey, don't, uh, don't your... Um, players like your PlayStation and your Xboxes and all that stuff, don't they have to have firmware updates that make it so that they can continue to operate? Because I seem to remember my PlayStation not being able to play media until I did the firmware update. So That was that was an issue with that specific model. Oh, with, with like the PS4? So <laughs> yeah. I only ask because like, do we need to buy dedicated Blu-ray players that aren't connected to something and don't need media, uh, don't need firmware updates? Because... Well, I'm... I'm going to buy a couple of new ones because I've, I've been trying to watch my Blu-rays and the ones that the, the players I have suck. So yeah. Yeah. I need to get new ones. It's not a bad idea to get it. Because I have, I, have, I have a Blu-ray collection of all the classic universal horror monster mm. movies. And, okay. uh, They're so I, good. I wanted to watch The Invisible Man when I'm because I'm doing my Rocky Horror Picture film. Frederick film. March. just, And I couldn't because the Blu-ray player just it wouldn't read the Blu-ray. So, Are you sure it wasn't playing it on the screen, but it was invisible? <laughs> so Carrie, I need you to You're watch twisting my melon, Tony. <laughs> After you get done with uh, Bride of Frankenstein, I need you to watch Gods and Monsters. Well, I'll tell you where I'm at right now with okay. uh, with my Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. Okay. Um, anyway, so they're going to sell the video games, but no no Blu-rays apparently. Yeah, that's the steel. Oh, I like the steel yeah, boxes steel from Blu-ray. Collectors editions. Yeah, I've got all my Marvel movies in there in the steel box. Hmm, that's too bad. But Target still sells them. And yeah. 
because of what you Walmart. were saying. Be, because of the Amazon. drum we're beating, I'm buying all the old anime classics, so I picked up Black Lagoon. That's a good idea. Late 90s. Oh, nice. Yeah. Get your Blu-rays, because like you said, that these streaming services, they'll just pull them and not tell you. You know, they'll pull yeah, your favorite shows and not tell you, which is why I need Daredevil Netflix on a Blu-ray. Now <laughs> I'm curious to know if Best Buy is going to still offer it as an online purchasable but maybe not in the store only. Good question. I don't know. I I don't see a specific specific. That's a good question because I thought those steel books were pretty popular with Best Buy. Yeah, and they're usually the only place you can get them. Yeah. Wow. Huh. All right. Anyway, uh, raise a glass, everybody. We don't we don't do this often because it's kind of a bummer, but this one was a kind of a big one. Somebody's taking out Guardians of the Galaxy creators. I'll say, yeah. Yep. Keith Keith Giffen. Uh, tragedy. He was 70. Wow. This is uh, the comic book writer artist behind Lobo, if you're a DC fan. Oh, yeah. Blue Beetle. Ah, you like the Blue Beetle? Rocket Raccoon. Co created Rocket. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, uh, Legion of the Superheroes in the 80s and 90s. He was, oh, wow. He, at one point, the title was one of the top sellers. Uh, he was also an artist in the early 80s on a title, Omega Men. Uh, I'm looking at his whole list of everything that he's done, and he's just all over the place. Yep. But uh, hell of an artist, hell of an artist, and a writer, and uh, brought a lot of humor. He's the guy who came up with the one punch thrown by Batman at Guy Gardner. Oh, great scene! Which is a yep. great scene. Uh, he's that's that's all him. Uh, so uh, also Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, Martian Manhunter, Shazam. He helped raise their profiles. Uh, in that Justice League International title in 87. That's yeah. all him. So, uh, yeah, go and read some uh, Keith Giffen. And uh, he, yeah. he had a sense of humor about it. Wasn't there like a statement released after his death that was like anything to get out of going to New York Comic Con? Yeah, that was his last, <laughs> that was his tweet after he died. He told them, he told them to, to tweet that out after I'm dead. Anything to get out of going to New York Comic Con. I really, that's something we should all do. Like, just have one joke ready to fire from when you die. Like a so. dead man switch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as my Apple Watch loses my heartbeat, it starts to uh, send <laughs> these messages out. So you better not ever take it off. <laughs> I, it's just great. That's, that, that's so damn funny. And apparently he went out of his way to never smile when his picture was taken. So if you got a oh. selfie, awesome. he would never smile. You know, it was It's not like William like, Shatner. <laughs> well, now, William Shatner smiled, just not at anybody over the age of 30 or male. Exactly. Oh, okay. Hey, happy 60-year anniversary to that Twilight Zone episode with Shatner and the... There's a man on the wing. It's a man oh, on the yeah. Wing. He, he also did one where they had a little fortune teller devil doll thing on a on a tabletop in a cafe that was fantastic. Okay, I, Rebecca, I have that action figure of Shatner from that from that episode, and I have a reproduction of the devil head. Put it, put in a penny, get your fortune cafe. thing. Yes, it's full size and it works. And it was the most expensive napkin holder I've ever bought. Oh. <laughs> anyway. What did we consume this week? What? Uh, who wants to go first? Lee didn't consume much, did you? I consumed a lot on the oh. plane. Oh, plane rides, yeah. <laughs> also, um, I I was in North Carolina for about eight days, and uh, there's this whole thing. People say if you go to the South, you need to eat biscuits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? Those people right. are right. They were right. Oh, good yeah. biscuits, huh? <laughs> yeah, and, those and biscuits every... were amazing. And every place has their own unique recipe and their own yeah. take on biscuits. And it, 
there's yeah. there's a there's a um, Maria Bamford bit where she's making fun of Paula Dean and she's like butter butter butter, butter. biscuits. Yeah. So uh yeah, um I had biscuits that made me cry. I mean, I had emotional connections to some of these biscuits. But <laughs> biscuits are good oh, biscuit. Yeah. I, I I can't say enough about a good biscuit, man. We well, yeah, and we butter. went we went Ooh. to a place in downtown Boone, uh North Carolina where where they where they made a vegetarian biscuits and gravy recipe that uh I I was always the best biscuits and gravy guy, but now they are so good job <laughs> you've good handed job. them the title now yeah I, I took my sash off and handed it directly to them but uh i i watched indiana jones and the dial of destiny on the oh, airplane? have you not seen it yet on the airplane so i've learned two things a it's a much better movie than i was ever going to give it any credit for yeah, and yeah. b don't watch movies on the airplane because you can't hear any dialogue Lee, so it must be an is... incredible movie this is not the first uh, time you've headphones. encountered this, which is why I was so surprised that... <laughs> well, it's a four-hour flight. I mean, the other things you can do on an airplane um, are boring. So I would Reading just watch books? I have a place to tell me, Rebecca. Reading. So, mm -hmm. anyway, while, uh, while my wife was uh, convalescing from a, an accident in Boone, Montana, we watched the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie, um, <gasps> which is phenomenal. Oh, and... Becca... First time? First time? Oh, I haven't seen that one. I've seen the old Pride and Prejudice from like, you know, oh, 2005 Pride and Prejudice is such a formative movie. Well, I haven't seen Rebecca gal. swoon like that. Yeah. For, swoon. that so was they, a... Matthew McFadden made some choices with Darcy that I completely the agree hand. with. Darcy's an asshole mm -hmm. in the book. Darcy's an asshole in every retelling I've ever seen of the story. But in this, he just plays him as a socially awkward dude. And it works 1000%. 10 points to Matthew McFadden. So also oh, the hand uh, flex. Yeah. That's such a interesting thing. So many people are so caught up on that. And I was like, so he's got a spasmy hand. No, it's because he helped Jane. He helped her into the, into it's because the... he touched a woman's hand without a glove on. And he, and got he a was like, uh, yeah. next thing you know, he's going to see her ankle and completely lose his mind. Um, Sutherland? <laughs> Donald Sutherland is there. No, I'm giving you a hard time because I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah. Leguizamo <laughs> does America. Yes, phenomenal show. Very good. It's, uh, it's a one man show. Oh, it's it's about uh, it's it's him touring different Latino neighborhoods around the United States. So it starts oh. in New York. He goes down oh. to Miami. He goes to L.A. and uh, he he interviews people and talks about uh, contributions that Latinx people have made to American culture and uh, in the Florida one in particular answers the question of uh, why, why are progressive people just tanking so hard with people in Latin cultures? And uh, yeah, it's, it's a must watch. And well, see, I got, a, I got that show confused with the one that I watched, which was a one man show, John Leguizamo doing the history of, of the uh, Latin people in, in America. Yeah. And that is also a fantastic show, but this which one is, is educational. Him. It's on yeah. Peacock. And it's fantastic. Uh, in in the New York episode in particular, he's like hanging out with some of the early uh, hip hop guys that were there um, DJing at early early hip hop shows, and wow. uh, it's it's just fantastic stuff. Gets into food, gets into dancing. Of course, his leg was always always dancing anyway. And then uh, Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. I'm I'm four episodes in, and I'm a huge Edgar Allan Poe uh, Poe fan, so I was really excited, thinking, oh, Fall of the House of Usher, great story. Well, no, it's it's every episode's a different Poe story. So. Oh, it's very, very. I watched. I watched the first 
six episodes in an evening because yeah. Mike Flanagan, you've done it again. Yeah. Just have me, just has me in an absolute chokehold. It was. Oh. Bruce I, and I Greenwood I, is the dad and boy. Carla oh boy. Gugino needs to be arrested for how hot she is. I know, We've right? been saying that for 30 years yes. since my kids. <laughs> so, uh it's it's amazing because I was like, how do you? I it was part way into the second episode. I was like, oh, they're doing a different story in every episode, and sometimes they only touch on it, like murders in the room morgue. Really hard to do that whole story in a modern day setting, but they pulled it off, and they actually pulled it off in an amazing way. Because um, how do you how do you do a story about a you know primate that's killing people in I think it's streets of Venice, well, and like but, they've they've yeah. taken because I haven't read every Edgar Allan Poe story, but I've read a lot, and yeah. they've. He, it was so cool the way that not only he modernized these stories, but also interconnected them to tell this overall big story. Right, right. And there's little little homages to Edgar Allan Poe he throws in. Like one of the characters is developing a social media app called Goldbug. One of the first stories Edgar Allan Poe had any success with was called Goldbug. Um, the detective that I can't remember the actor. He's not a detective. He's He's like a cop and he's interviewing the main bad guy, um, Bruce Greenwood's character. Uh, as he confesses to everything, that is actually the first, that character on paper is the first detective ever. Like oh, really? Edgar, Allan, Edgar Allan Poe invented the mystery. And so that character is named after before, this. Before Sherlock Holmes even? Or? Sherlock Holmes was inspired by, Edgar Allan Poe only lived 40 years. He He wow. wrote all of his stuff like he died, I think, in the 1850s, and Arthur Conan Doyle's late 1800s. So oh. it's like everything was inspired by him, uh, even to the point where um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock says if he hadn't read Poe when he was a little kid, he wouldn't have been a filmmaker. So it's like all these people just coming out and saying, yeah, I, I read this stuff and was mind blown. And so Agatha Christie read that stuff and said, yeah, I, I need to do that. So it's all Poe. So seeing this show, which is so clearly this love letter to a guy who only really wrote professionally for 18 years before he died um it's pretty wild so highly recommend but I, i'll real start gruesome. it i'll start it this weekend <laughs> real gruesome mask of the red death hands down my favorite episode so far oh really yeah Ooh, what I, was my, my favorite what's my favorite episode because like i said i watched it all i think maybe the last one the raven that one might be my favorite yeah i haven't gotten there yet mask of the yeah. red death is like one of my favorite vincent price edgar Allan poe movies so seeing that interplay and the adaptation they made with it and what they did with Prospero, they did some fun stuff. So yeah, it's, it's uh it is literally a love letter to probably the greatest American writer outside of maybe Walt Whitman. Right. Mm. So uh, RL Stein, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps. Yes. <laughs> yes. Goosebumps. But Goosebumps. yeah, that's all I wrote. So sorry, I went on a tangent because uh, I, I think follow the house of Usher is, is kind of what we need right now. And I hope it gets people reading Edgar Allan Poe again. So I keep meaning to read Edgar Allan Poe because Lou Reed was such a fan and I keep meaning to pick some up and I get distracted. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Who it's stuff uh, I would recommend if you do do it, Carrie, uh, find what? yourself a, a big thick anthology book. There you go. Oh, that's the Barnes and Noble one. That yeah. It's like it's, everything you need right well, it, there. It's literally everything. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's right there for you. Who wants to go next? Um, I'll go next. Okay. I got a short list. It's a spooky month. So we started uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, Guillermo del Toro. Started? Yeah, we hadn't watched it yet. I mm. need to finish it. It's 
it's quite good. Mm-hmm. It's I got the op- series, so I got the autopsy episode last year and had to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's you the last what? one I we think watched. That's where that's... I stopped. I think that's where I stopped too. Yeah. Is that autopsy episode? And I was like, oh, okay, oh, no. <laughs> I need a break, and then just never revisited it. <laughs> we we did watch the next one, and it's got uh, uh, some really crazy stuff with goopy things and goopy. Goopy. real goopy. goopy it's a very goopy episode. They're they're not all great. There's a couple of clunkers yeah. in there, but it's yeah. it's a pretty satisfying show. It's well, well, I mean. Show. My biggest criticism is why couldn't they get Guillermo del Toro a suit that fits? <laughs> oh, that poor guy. This <laughs> the the shoulders of the suit always go halfway down his Listen, bicep. I, Lee may be able to back me up on this. That may be the only suit that he owns. And oh. it may have been made just for this show, and I doubt he puts on suits. Oh, because yeah. he's walking At up all. and like introing each episode, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> any any time I've ever seen him, he's like the John Fetterman of directors. He's you know, just yeah. He, I also, I mean, he's a big dude, and no, you can get suits tailor made so that the shoulders come up to where your shoulder end. Yeah, like, it looks like he's wearing his dad's suit. Well, like, <laughs> he may be, and maybe maybe that's <laughs> one of the stories in the anthology is where did Guillermo get his suit? Spooky. <laughs> so yeah, we've been enjoying that one. And then um yesterday we watched uh Day Shift with Jamie Foxx. First and time Snoop Dogg. Yeah, first time. Dude, that movie rules. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. Super fun movie. So watch? yeah, we had a lot of fun with that one. Because that movie watch? that uh directed by a stunt man, and so that's why it that it's oh, like man. stunt heavy. The the first big fight scene between the grandma vampire and Jamie <laughs> Fox, there is so much contortion that she does. Like it's you had wild. Me a, you had me a really vampire cool. grandma. Yeah, vampire <laughs> grandma. Um, and then I finished Baldur's Gate three oh, this last week. You finished it. Finished it. Wow. What do you mean hun- you finished it? I thought that was like an unfinishable game. Oh, oh it's finishable. finishable, but it took me a hundred and thirty hours to finish. And now you can play time. it again with a different kind of character. And I'm 100 going to do that. Yeah. Are you going to do in the more? Meantime, it's are you going to have months. more bangs or just the one still? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably go one again, just one. <laughs> yeah, but a different character this time. Okay. <laughs> oh, Tony. And then and then I, gotta, I started. I gotta uh, know who you who you banged in Baldur's Gate, Tony. Oh, Shadowheart. Shadowheart, oh, man. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, traditionalist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> and then I started Resident Evil Village for a spooky month. And that's a, that's been really cool so far. That, that game is... Okay, so I hope they explain this later on in the game. But there's a scene like two hours in where your, your hand gets cut off all the way. Chop. Boom. And, it's, and the hand stays gripped to the handle it was pulling on. Your character gets up, walks over, pulls the hand off, finishes fighting, and then you just take some like uh, ointment and sprinkle it on the stump, and then put the hand back on, and he's just like, "Ah, that kind of hurt. I'm think I'm okay now." <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And it's like he's not a zombie. Why can he reattach a limb? Zombies have you gotten that. to the one like really so like because i I bought this game and then played it for five minutes and then emailed steam and was like oh i want my money back this is too it's scary. spooky um <laughs> have you so i watched a playthrough of it and have you did you get have you gotten to like the the really like scary thing yeah uh i don't think so yet i've i've taken out two of uh 
Lady Demiscrew's daughters. Mm-hmm. Not where'd you not, go? Not taken out like on a date, like, <laughs> like killed. Chilies. But, uh, yeah, not chilies. <laughs> we went to Applebee's. Isn't Chilies with a vampire a Tom Waits song? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Chilies with a vampire. So yeah, that one's a lot of fun so far. Uh, Rebecca? Um, Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, I, th- so Fall of the House of Usher is the end of Netflix's contract with Mike Flanagan, um, oh. which I think they should do what they can to get a new contract in place because Mike Flanagan, he's exactly their bread and butter, right? Like he does one season of a show and then does a new show and each one is a banger and a good one. Um, so I just, I, I just want well, uh, yeah, he's a little, a little rough with like animal cruelty stuff. Like, definite animal cruelty warning for Fall of the House of Usher in episodes uh, three and four. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I finished it in two days and was absolutely obsessed. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and then I watched Blue Beetle. Um, yeah, yeah. And like every like everybody else has said, like it's pretty formulaic and and something like we've seen this before but i liked it i thought it it was was i thought it was fun a great soundtrack i thought i had a killer Mm -hmm. soundtrack Mm -hmm. um yeah fun you know how did you like the grandma at the end with the big gun (laughs) she well the thing the thing about the blue beetle is jaime is very much like no killing i'm not killing anybody and then his family is like like just kill everybody (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, I have uh, had a crazy kind of week. I haven't had much to watch. I, I do have trees planted in my backyard, though. <laughs> so, Congratulations. So there was that. Uh, but I've been trying to forge ahead with my, you know, watch all the shows related to science fiction double feature, the opening song of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which gives a long list of all of these shows. So I'm at, uh, then something went wrong for Fay Ray and King Kong. They got caught in a celluloid jam. So I, I found on Turner Classic Movies, there's King Kong. Okay, great. I wish I could Nin- get Turner Classic Movies. I'm so 19- And we started watching it last night and stopped. Not good? Oh. Well, no, I've seen it before, you know. And, and that's it. <laughs> it's just not a good movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. Heresy, heresy. No. I think taste, most right? old movies are dookie. Well, it's just, I keep, <laughs> what was bothering me wasn't the movie itself necessarily. It was all of these directors who say, oh, the original King Kong is a great film. Great film. These are the same directors who shit on Marvel movies. Mm. Look at King Kong. It's a Marvel movie. Take that. But it was the first Marvel movie. It's it is a Marvel movie, sure. and it's not well acted. It's not well written. I'm sorry. I <laughs> know it's groundbreaking. Like three years into talkies, Carrie. <laughs> I know. I know. They're still figuring it out. Yeah. It is not a good movie. I'm sorry. This is heresy, but it was not. It's just hey, not good. How do you think I felt when I read Dune? I know, right? Talk about that. <laughs> But no, I mean, I remember watching King Kong years ago going, oh, yes, groundbreaking film. It's got some problems. Groundbreaking film, though, you know. But now I'm like, I think it's these directors that shit on Marvel movies because I'm like, you keep referencing this. Yeah. Mm. This, mm, I'm sorry, I get more 
involved and character development. Star Wars, there's a good example. The first Star Wars was shit on by so many directors because, ah, it's just popcorn. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what King Kong was trying to be. Oh, yeah. At its time. It was trying to be a popcorn movie. It mm. didn't, it, it wasn't, there was no character development. I mean, sorry. No. It was trying to be a popcorn movie, and now you get a popcorn movie, and you shit on that popcorn movie because it's not King Kong. So it's not you, old enough. Are you upset with King Kong or with the people that think King Kong's better than Marvel movies? I, that's where I'm at. That's well, where I look. I, I watch. I watch King Kong, and it's no different than James Whale's Bride of Frankenstein. It's no different than Close Encounters. It's no different than Star Wars. In that it was revolutionary for when it was made, and inspired a whole generation of filmmakers. Yes, I mean this is this well, is the beginning. Dan O'Brien turned around, and like Ray Harryhausen came up through this. Mm -hmm. This is this is the all of the mo movies of the fifties and sixties happened because of King Kong. Mm -hmm. So right then, and it's that, significant, but. Yeah, okay, it's, it's, but so call it's weak by now. Sure, well, that's the that's the thing. Those are the kinds of movies, and Dune is the kind of book that you have to read or watch through the lens of this is the foundation that everything I love is built on. And when things get built on foundations, it usually builds better than what came before it. Then these directors should say, "Not a great movie, <laughs> but inspirational." Yeah. Call it inspirational. Yeah. Don't say it's a great movie. Well, some of these guys were, you know, teenagers when this movie came out. Like Scorsese. He was yeah, probably oh. in the theater. Scorsese talks about King Kong. He says such a great movie. And I'm like, yeah. but you know what? You shit on Marvel movies. Yeah. When I was a little Sorry. kid, I thought Condor Man was amazing. And, you know, it, it really wasn't. <laughs> it's, it's the who's on first parable, though. Like, you get somebody who's real into comedy and you play old Abbott Costello and they go, yeah, so... Mm -hmm. But if you look at it through the lens of what came right. before, you go, whoa, this yeah. is amazing. This no, is exactly. I, I, I get into arguments all the time about Citizen Kane. People keep trying to tell me Citizen Kane is not a good movie, and I'm like... It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I think I, I'm 50-50. I, I see the importance of King Kong. But it's these modern-day directors who shit on popcorn movies, because that's what they were making. They were making a popcorn movie at the mm -hmm. time. There were a lot of other great movies that were being made at the same time. These guys were making a popcorn movie. Don't call it high art and shit on Marvel at the same time. Or Star Wars, even, for that matter. Yeah. That's my I think, thing. I think most of these old dudes, and I think I've probably said this before, I think most of these old dudes are just looking at something controversial to say to get attention on whatever movie they're working on. Could be. Could and be. They're probably sitting down and watching the latest Marvel movie and having a great time anyway. So. <laughs> I won't admit it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, games before we go. Tony, can you explain this whole Activision oh, purchase yeah. by well, let's, Xbox? Let's yeah. Can you just do a real quick? <laughs> I can. Uh, I can do <laughs> yeah. it in like three sentences. Is it so, good or bad? Is this? I think it's good. Okay. And a lot of people I talk to think it's good too. So Activision's Blizzard and King for mobile games, uh, they're one company and Microsoft has purchased them now so they are a wholly owned entity of microsoft however uh phil spencer who runs all of microsoft's uh xbox division has said that there's no plans right now and for quite a while that anything that's multi-platform from xbox and blizzard will stay multi-platform and not become an xbox exclusive so the guy that runs Activision Blizzard 
Bobby Kotick, he's kind of a douche. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to see a company that has such a lot of uh, good intellectual properties and mm -hmm. game history and stuff like that coming under a company that I think is going to take advantage of that portfolio, like Phil Spencer will and Xbox, mm -hmm. uh, rather than the Bobby Kotick uh, Call of Duty yearly machine turnout. That's all they do anymore is just yeah. Call of Duty every year, every year, every year. Yeah. And then once in a while, you get a uh, a Blizzard sequel, Diablo 4 or World of Warcraft expansion number 47. So I think it's really good. All I right. think it means we're going to see a lot of good stuff in the next few years from Activision Blizzard. Thank you. You've kind of inspired a challenge, Gary. What? Uh, your King Kong rant. I, I kind of oh, want to no. challenge folks watching right now to go back and watch some of my favorite horror movies from the 50s and 60s. Uh, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. Uh, the uh, Mask of the Red Death with Vincent Price. There's uh, the first Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, a lot of these movies are, by today's standards, kind of schlocky. But watch them with a critical lens and see how yeah. they inspired things. Mm -hmm. The uh, the old Hammer Dracula movie. Uh, you watch the old Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing uh, horror movies, the Dracula movies, uh, especially like uh, I think it was uh, Dracula 73 where he transports to swinging hippie London. And, uh, <laughs> it's It's horrible. But. But watching it for the entertainment value, especially from the lens of the time that it was made, and and I think you'll you'll definitely have not only fun homework, but um, recognize how good we have it now. <laughs> well, and 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 that's another reason that I'm doing this is I I need to remind myself of the roots, you know. I mm -hmm. so it came from outer space is the next on the list. So I'll let you know about that probably nice. next week. All right. Two games coming out this week though that I do want to mention. Yes. Uh, Alan Wake 2, and the first Alan Wake came out like 10 years ago, but it was really good. And this is the same company, same developers. Alan Wake 2 is looking really good. Xbox exclusive, Xbox and PC. And then uh, Spider-Man 2 comes out this week. I was going to say, is it Spider-Man time? Is yeah, it Spider-Man time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm very excited for that. Those are great games. Such good games. All right. Uh, thank you all for you know joining us at, at this time and uh, <laughs> and and semi i think we're live. <laughs> semi live and uh, I th are we doing an after party i think we can do a, a an after party I, we don't we don't have it scheduled oh we don't have it set anything. up we don't have it set up okay or so we won't, or, yeah we won't we won't have an after party this week but next week next week Pre sure. pretend pretend right now that we're at rubies <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the dark watching a movie yeah uh, we'll be sitting yeah, just in the go dark watch, just go watch monster yeah. squad you yeah, do go there's... watch Monster Squad. I'm going to watch it again. I haven't watched it since it came out, and I hated it because I was 17 and edgy as hell. Um, I went, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's a Fred Decker directed movie from a script by Shane Black. It's probably you know, amazing. You know Shane Black, who yeah. did all those great movies, mm -hmm. Iron Man three. Oh, Shane Black. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Kiss yeah. Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, Predators. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought it was a Guy Ritchie thing for a minute, but no, Shane no. Black. That Shane Black. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Shane, Shane Black. Shane Black, the man who probably brought. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't have Tony Stark. The by... Nice Guys. You know what? Go nice watch guys the Nice Guys. The Nice Guys deserves a sequel. I wish we yes. could have a Nice Guys sequel. It does. It does. Yeah, Good we movie. Would, we wouldn't have had Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man if it hadn't been for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So we, That's true. we owe this man. We owe this All man. All right. Uh, well, again, thank you. We'll see you next week. 
Live long and prosper, bitches. Bye-bye. Push the button. I'm doing it. I'm pushing it. <laughs> Pushed. It's not doing it.